Challenge and its success in lifting people out of poverty. No other poverty alleviation strategy in modern history has been more effective than the one implemented by China and driven by an economy fueled at over 70% by coal, Milton Catalan, chief executive of the WCA, has said. The point about China is misleading. More on that in a second. But more importantly, it fundamentally misdiagnoses the problem with the world's remaining energy poor. The energy poor fall in two basic categories. Around 15% of them live in urban areas, in close physical proximity to power grids, but they aren't reliably hooked up to those grids. Both technical and political barriers prevent connection. Those households tend to be dispersed and consume very little energy, which means connecting them is a money loser for utilities. And in many poor countries, utilities are not under social pressure to provide universal access. Indeed, they are often centers of patronage and corruption. Building more coal plants and hooking them to those grids won't help these households at all. Indeed, in countries like India, where this is a serious problem, there is already excess coal capacity on the grid, so new plants are likely to sit idle. Hooking these households to the grid requires better governance, better financing for the upfront costs of connection, and reform of electricity subsidies and tariffs. The other 85% of energy-poor households are rural, distant from any centralized grid, mostly in Africa, India, and the rest of developing Asia. Putting more coal power on those centralized grids is obviously not going to help them. EAS Sharma, former Indian Minister of Power, notes that some 6 million urban and 75 million rural Indian households lack electricity access. These figures have not changed appreciably since 2001, he writes, though around 95,000 MW of new largely coal-based electricity generation capacity was added during the intervening decade. New coal plants are not targeted to areas with poor electricity access. Why would they be? Those households are poor. There's no money there. Instead, coal gets built where there's large-scale commercial or industrial demand. There's no correlation between coal and energy access needs, either within a country or, as this chart shows, across countries. The best, fastest solution to bringing energy access to areas where it is now lacking is distributed energy. Solar, biodigesters, batteries, microgrids, and the like. These microenergy solutions will not offer a level of energy access equal to what's available on a strong centralized grid, but they are more than enough for energy-poor communities to take the first few steps up the energy access ladder, which are huge in terms of welfare and health. Eventually, these microgrids can be linked up and connected to larger, low-carbon power plants, so these rural areas can have real, industrialized economies. But in the meantime, distributed energy can reach them a hell of a lot faster than larger power plants and central grids. Coal was not China's primary anti-poverty tool. What about China's alleged success using coal to reduce poverty? Shouldn't other countries have the same opportunity? However, as the authors of the ODI report point out, that story about China is mostly a myth. It gets the timing wrong. In China, between 1981 and 2004, the number of people living on less than $1 per day declined by 500 million. Two-thirds of this progress occurred between 1981 and 1987, prior to China's industrialization and large-scale expansion in coal power. The most impactful anti-poverty tool in China was agricultural reform, which broke up collective farms and gave smallholders an economic stake in their farms. The second was a huge push toward export-led manufacturing, the wave of coal-driven industrialization came along when two-thirds of the work was already done. This is not to say that coal-powered industrialization had no role, but that A, there are other, more powerful measures available, and B, industrialization need not be driven by coal.
Ending energy poverty is complicated. Cole's role is not. The question of how to get energy access to those who now lack it is complicated, to be sure. As I covered in a two-part series, here and here, there are ongoing disputes over the right mix of central grid versus microgrid development, baseload versus distributed power, political versus economic reform, and much else. But Cole's role in all this is not complicated. Locally, coal kills people through air and water pollution. Globally, coal kills people by exacerbating climate change. It's unconscionable for any country to permit further coal expansion if there are reasonable alternatives. And there are reasonable alternatives, ready to expand. Maybe renewable energy, joined with efficiency, grid build-out, and energy storage can cover it. Maybe it's renewable energy and some nuclear power. Maybe it's renewable energy, some nuclear power, some biomass, and some natural gas. In any case, there's no need for coal.